Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bolton E-Bikes podcast. I am so thankful that you guys come back, hopefully every week, and listen to me talk about electric bikes. And once again, I hope that you learn something from every single episode. Now, when I'm trying to think of new things for podcast episodes, I'm brainstorming questions and new topics and, and video ideas, all sorts of bits of information. But today, the podcast episode comes from you. Maybe not you specifically, but somebody just like you. I don't have a guest on today or anything, but what I decided to do, because we have so many comments on YouTube, is just go through, pick out 10 random questions from YouTube, no preparation whatsoever, and answer these questions. So if you want to hear some good and also some ridiculous questions from the YouTube channel and the answers to those e-bike questions, stick around. This is the Bolton E-Bikes Podcast. All righty. Well, let's jump into this. I think this will be a little bit of fun, a little bit entertaining. And once again, you'll learn something and maybe you'll just be entertained. Maybe a little bit of both. But let's start with question number one. This is from somebody whose screen name says Mark Walker. I won't share all of the YouTube channel names because... Some of them, I don't understand what they're trying to say, but this one was very clear. It was a guy named Mark Walker. That's probably his real name. And he said, could you review the Zugo Rhino? And this is kind of a broad answer because I get questions all the time on my YouTube channel or on emails. People message me and say, hey, can you review this bike or that bike? Or have you reviewed this bike? And I would love to review every single bike. But there's two ways that I currently review an e-bike. Number one is the company who makes the bike reaches out to me and actually says, hey, would you review this bike? And then we work something out. Typically, that involves them sending me the bike and I run a giveaway where I give the bike away to one of you. So instead of getting paid for the review or doing anything like that, I prefer to just do the review, just have some fun with it, and then give the bike away at the end. That doesn't always work out. And sometimes, and actually this happens probably more often than you might think, sometimes people reach out to me and ask me to review their e-bike, and I say no. And you might be wondering, well, why? <laughs> why would you turn down a bike? We want free stuff. Come on, keep them coming. But the reason for that is, I want those reviews to be focused on bikes that you might actually be interested in and not some random contraption that realistically you'd never buy, right? We want these to be good reviews about products that you genuinely might have an interest in. So when someone messages me and says, hey, we're this manufacturer in China, we have this 250 watt folding bike with a five amp hour battery and it goes 10 miles an hour and it's great in Europe. Well, most of you and most of my customers are not in Europe. I know some of you are, but the majority are not. And if you are in Europe, odds are you've bought an upgrade kit or some performance-related product from me, and you're probably not interested in this, what I'd call a clown bike. It's just so tiny that it's not even really practical. And, and sometimes I'll just have to say, sorry, that's not quite the right 
fit, I think, for what people want to see. If you have something else, I'm more than willing to talk to you, but I don't think people would be really that interested in that. And I've had all sorts of off-the-wall things. People want to have me review their their drone or their scooter or their skateboard. And those aren't e-bikes, and they're not the right types of e-bikes. So I am very selective. The Zugo Rhino, that's something that probably I would say, yeah, that one, I don't see any reason not to do that. And so if you, for example, Mark Walker, if he happens to listen to the podcast, wants me to see a review on that, then uh, go bug the company that makes that and say, hey, can you send a bike to Kyle for a review? And would you be interested in doing that? And then who knows, maybe something will happen from there. That's one way that a review happens is the company reaches out to me. And if it's the right fit, we work something out. Number two, I almost skipped it, is people have questions, lots of questions about an upgrade for a specific bike model. And it's not something that I've seen. So the first step is to buy the bike, which I usually just spend my own money, buy the bike, get it here, do a review on it kind of go over everything in detail, even more so behind the scenes than what I show in the video, and kind of gauge interest, how many people actually want an upgrade, is this something that makes sense for us to do, and if there is enough interest, then we go ahead and make it. We started with the Saunders bikes, Uh, we went to the Rad Power bikes next, and that's definitely our number one seller as far as upgrade kits, and right now in the shop, I also have a Electric XP, I just finished wrapping up filming on a video for that, and that video will be out before this podcast episode comes out. Uh, And then I also have a Hemiway. So I'm going to do a review on the Hemiway next, and that video will go out as well. And then we'll keep the bike here because I paid for it, and I will kind of take things apart and, and do some more research on what would it take to make some aftermarket or upgrade parts for that. So thanks, Mark Walker, for your question. Can I review the Zugo Rhino? I'd be more than happy to, but most likely in this case, because no one's really asked me about, you know, the bike or changing anything, that'd probably be something where they would need to reach out to me and and see if that's something I could do with them. Question number two. This is an interesting one. This guy asks, I don't see the point of an all-wheel drive on a low-powered bike like this. He's referring to something like the Bronco. Basically, his point is, He actually mentions that he has a 4,000-watt peak bike, which is very powerful. And he mentions that he can break the tires loose and break the traction loose on the 4,000-watt bike because it has so much power. But if you have lower power, why do you even need all-wheel drive? You're never going to be spinning that rear wheel. And that's sort of true. He did say, you know, I don't see it happening other than snow. And snow is one application for that. If somebody says... They don't need something terribly fast, but they just want a decent amount of torque, maybe ride in some snow occasionally. Then an all-wheel drive bike like the Bronco, where it's only 600 plus watts total, might be perfect. But more often than that, I see people using the Bronco or similar bikes because they are going to ride in sand. You ride on the beach, you ride in the desert, anything where it's just loose like that. Uh, Same goes for mud. So there's a lot more conditions, I think, than just snow where an all-wheel drive bike makes sense. And the other thing is, some people just think it's cool. (laughs) That may seem silly, but that's realistic. Some people are like, but I want two motors, and 
there's kind of a, an argument that goes both ways. Some people look at that and say, it's got two motors. So that means there's some redundancy. If one motor has a problem, the other motor will get me home. And that's partially true. Other people say, well, there's two motors. That's more to go wrong. And that's kind of also true too. But I guess if one motor does die, you still do have the backup. So it doesn't stop you completely. But that is a good question. That's a fair question to ask. Uh, I think there are a lot of applications for it, even if you're not going super fast. And I think the best way to describe this is don't think of a lot of power is what needs four-wheel drive, even though that makes sense on, say, a Lamborghini. <laughs> but let's think about why does, you know, uh, a Toyota RAV4, a small SUV that's not very fast and doesn't have a lot of power, why does it have four-wheel drive? You know, it's for traction in snow, off-road, sand, those kinds of things, in mud especially. That's where that makes sense, and that's why the Bronco exists in a low-power, all-wheel drive configuration. So I hope that answers the question. Number three, this is one of my favorite questions. This is a silly one. I'm going to have to just say that right up front, but I see this online all the time, and the responses are pretty varied, we shall say. But somebody asked on the YouTube channel, I won't mention him by name, but I got to answer it. He said, do you have to paddle an electric bike? And the answer to that is definitely not. There's no paddling required because it's a bicycle and not a boat. <laughs> but in all seriousness, the real answer to the question, we all know that he meant pedal. And it depends on the bike. Many bikes are pedal assist only, which means that you have to be pedaling. You have to be moving your legs. That's the only way for the sensor to turn the motor on. If you have a throttle, however, then you can just push that throttle and go. So no, you don't have to pedal it depending on the bike. Some you definitely have to pedal or the motor doesn't do anything. Question number four. We have a question about, this is on a battery video I did about putting a triangle battery on a bike. And a guy asked if this battery would work on a juiced bike. And this is a question that I get for many, many, many different types of bikes. They're like, hey, I have this bike XYZ, just some random brand. Half the time I've never even heard of it. and got to go look it up and see what it is. Will this battery or this other upgrade battery fit on the bike. And there's two ways to look at this. One, well, are you looking for a direct fit? In other words, are you looking for a battery where you can just plug it in and it just totally plug and play? Because there are things like that for many types of bikes out there, but usually they're asking for a battery that's totally different. It has different plugs, different everything. Uh, and something like the juiced bike, the cradle, if you will, the part that holds the battery is somewhat integrated into the frame. They're very similar to the batteries on the, the Fox Bad and the Sabres, where there's a piece on the top and bottom of the frame that's screwed into the frame, and a battery pops into that. So it's a little bit trickier because the connector for the battery is usually tucked inside the frame somewhere and runs straight to the controller. There's not usually like a plug, like a XT90 or something like you'd find on another battery. So usually on something like that, like a juiced bike, I would say, well, if it's the same voltage, let's say it's a 52 volt battery and the juiced bike was a 52 volt battery, then yes, technically or electrically speaking, it will work, 
but you got to figure out how to plug it in in the first place. So that might mean you're cutting your battery connectors and soldering on a new connector or, or a connector that comes off in a different spot. So as a general rule, if the battery voltage is the same, yes, it will work. How it will work and how you physically connect it, however, is going to be different for every single bike. So I hope that helps answer that question as well. Question number five. This was on a video about a Rad Power upgrade kit. And he asked, is there a tutorial on changing the 250 watt motor to the 750? So the 250 watt version of the Rad Power bikes is in Europe. And he's asking if I have a video or know of a video that explains how to pull that 250 watt motor out of the motor case and drop in the 750 watt motor, which is something you can do and you will get the benefit of that bigger motor if you have that upgraded controller installed. Short answer is I don't have a video that shows how to do that on a rad power bike. However, I did do a video quite some time ago on the Saunders bikes and it was something like three ways to upgrade your Saunders bike. And I showed how to put in a different battery. I showed how to upgrade from a cable brake system to a full hydraulic brake system on that Saunders bike. And the last thing I did was upgrade the, the controller and the motor. So in that video, the Saunders bike had a 350 watt motor, which is basically the same construction as the 250 watt referred to. And I did show how to pull the 250 watt motor out of the case and put the new 750 watt motor back in. So if you have a rad power bike and you're wondering how to change the motor, I do get this question a lot. I do think that's a video that we should do in the near future. I don't have one yet, but if you watch that video about upgrading the Saunders bike, part of that process shows you basically the same thing. It's gonna answer a lot of questions if you do go check that out. So if that's a question you have, there's a place where you can find something that will help. Number six, this was, I believe, on the 10 things to know before buying an e-bike video. And the question was, did he explain watt hours and what it is for? And I did talk about watt hours. I think what the question is asking here is, what do you do with watt hours? What's the reason behind it? And as far as e-bikes are concerned and that video, the reason I explained the formula for watt hours, which if you don't know, now you're going to learn something, is let's take any e-bike battery and let's say it's a 48 volt, 10 amp hour. It's a nice easy number to do math on. That's about what the electric XP has that I just did the review on. So a 48 volt, 10 amp hour battery, you just take the voltage, 48, multiply by 10, the amp hour rating, and that equals the watt hours. So a battery of that voltage and capacity would have 480 watt hours. What does that even mean? Well, there's two ways to look at it. That means the battery in theory could provide one watt for 480 hours, <laughs> or it could provide 480 watts for one hour. So if you actually want to do some math and try and calculate, hmm, how long could I ride a bike based on the watt hour capacity of a battery, you could do that. So that's the real useful function, I guess, that there is that I didn't talk about in that specific video, uh, in a video about solar charging and possibly 
solar vehicles. I did mention that and go into that a little bit more detail. But the other reason I mention it and the reason I mention it for in that video was because if you know that formula, you can compare very easily any battery from any e-bike manufacturer because some will tell you the voltage and capacity and amp hours. Some will tell you only the watt hours and they won't tell you the other. So you can always use that just to get the same number and equally compare the overall capacity of any two batteries very easily. Now on to question number seven. I guess it's kind of the same as question number one. <laughs> but it says, have you reviewed the Ride One Up? Ride One Up is a company based out here in California. At least they were when they first got started. Hopefully they're still here. And they have some decently priced bikes. And same goes for the Zugo bike. If Ride One Up reaches out to me and says, hey, would you review our bike? I'd be happy to do it. I think those are right in line with what you guys and gals would be interested in. In fact, it had to be at least a year ago, maybe more. I think Ride One Up was actually one of the first companies to reach out to me for an e-bike review. However, you may have noticed there is no review of the Ride One Up on my channel. And the reason was they reached out to me. I said, yes, I would do it. And at the time, they didn't have any inventory. So basically, it got pushed off to, well, when we have some availability of the bike, we're going to send you one. We'll get the review done. And that never happened. So we ha I actually have talked to Ride One Up. They reached out to me. Uh, if they'd like me to do a review, I'm still happy to do that for them. Number eight. This is on a, another Rad Power Upgrade video. How does the controller upgrade affect battery life per charge? Excellent question. So if you are upgrading your motor controller so it draws more power, so you can accelerate better, you can have more power for going up hills, so you can make it up steeper hills that maybe you couldn't make it up before, what does that do to your battery life on a single charge? We're not talking about overall lifespan, just on that specific charge, what is it going to do to it? And the answer is, well, it's really, really varied. <laughs> it could do no change at all. It could cut your battery range in half, potentially, or even more. So which one of those is it? It depends entirely on you. It depends on how much of that extra power you use. So it's not like putting the controller upgrade is like dropping a V8 engine into your Toyota Prius, and you're just going to get terrible gas mileage all the time. Uh, when you change the controller on an e-bike, it doesn't quite work that way. It's still, overall a pretty efficient process. So converting the power from the battery through that motor controller to the motor, basically you're only using more power and shortening your range if you're using more of the power. So if you accelerate faster, that's going to use a little more power. That's going to make it so you get less range. If instead of going 10 miles an hour up a hill, because that's all your bike could do before, now you fly up at 15 miles an hour, you're going to be using a lot more power to do that. So that's going to decrease your range on that charge. So it's entirely dependent on how much power you use. If you ride the bike exactly the same way that you rode it before the upgrade, then you're going to get the same range and it's going to make no difference. Uh, and I have seen these comments from people online. I've seen some that say, oh, I put the upgrade kit on. It's great, but man, does it suck the battery power down. I've seen other people that say, I put the upgrade kit on, you know, it's great to have more power when I need it, but I really haven't noticed any loss in range at all. So 
it really depends on how you use the bike, whether or not that's going to make a noticeable difference or not, but it certainly can. Number nine, kind of an upgrade question, but for a different bike, when will the juiced controller upgrade come out? So we have in the past sold a lot of Saunders upgrades. We're working on something new for that so we can keep that going. And we have, of course, the Rad Power upgrades and the juiced bikes was the next one. The controllers that they came with weren't the best. They kind of were a little glitchy. Uh, and that was the main reason to push for an upgrade because it's like, well, we can we can upgrade and fix some problems at the same time. This makes total sense. We started working on it and then things just got totally crazy this year with getting enough inventory, uh, especially of the Rad Power upgrade kits. They got delayed, they got behind. So I expected before that we'd be done with the Juice controller upgrade. We'd have it ready to sell. But I held off a little bit on getting that into production because we couldn't even keep up with the production of the controllers that we're making for our own bikes and for those Rad Power upgrade kits. So because of that, yes, it got delayed a little bit. However, it's still being worked on and I'm hoping very early in 2021, we have the first version of that in production here ready for sale. So it's coming, just uh, be patient for hopefully a couple more months. And finally, number 10, last random question for today. This is about the video that was maybe a little bit different, if you will, that I released last week where I installed a microwave on the back of my trike. Some of you saw the humor in it. Most of you uh, saw the humor in that. It was just meant to be funny because we just needed something funny. That was released the same week that all the election stuff was going on. So I just thought a little bit of humor and laughter would go a long ways. And for many of you, it did. And then for others, it just went completely over the heads. They didn't understand what, why would I do that? <laughs> and, and there's no reason why other than it was just something fun to do and see what you guys thought of doing something a little bit out of the ordinary. I may do some more videos like that in the future just for the fun of it. So who knows what you're going to see. Just be prepared that that sort of thing might happen again. But the question was, I wonder what kind of looks you would get cooking popcorn. Technically, that's not actually a question. That's a statement. But we're going to roll with it and say that was a question because he put a question mark at the end of it. But we don't need to get into the grammar part, right? So I wonder what kind of looks you would get cooking popcorn. And I don't know. I could probably say some really corny things here. Um, but the reason I, what I wanted to say or answer about this question is some of you may not know this. My family, when I was growing up, my parents started a corn maze and ran that for quite a few years. And I actually, as a teenager, worked in that corn maze every single year. So I have way, way too many jokes about corn and popcorn that you don't need to hear. So I don't know what kind of looks you would get if you were cooking popcorn on your bike while riding. It'd probably be pretty funny, but I'm just going to leave it at that and say I've got way too many corny jokes that we don't even need to get into. No pun intended there, I promise. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Bolton E-Bikes podcast. I hope you enjoyed that or learned something out of this episode. I hope you always learn something out of these episodes about electric bikes. If you have a question, of course, you can always email us directly, but you can always go check out the YouTube channel and ask in the comments there. There's a lot of people commenting 
maybe they're asking questions or maybe they're answering your questions, but we do read those and we try to get back to those as many as we possibly can. If you're here again for the first time, or if you haven't done it yet, make sure to go to ebikepodcast.com, sign up for our podcast newsletter so you know when new episodes come out. I released a couple of tidbits today about new videos that are going to come out, like the Hemiway review, and I love sharing updated upcoming things on the podcast that you don't get to hear about anywhere else. Thanks again for listening. I'll be back, hopefully, to talk in your ear, not a corn joke there, another Tuesday. Oh, 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 oh